Hey, Friday night. Just finished watching a movie. Uh, it's called Mystery Murder Mystery with uh, Adam Sandler and I believe Jennifer Aniston. Pretty funny. Just kind of a Netflix movie that you just kind of pop in there. And uh, pretty entertaining. So it's uh, about, uh, what do we got? 8.41 p.m. The moon is like three quarters. Got an airplane flying above. Kind of wispy, wispy clouds in the moonlight. You can see uh, Jupiter just to the right of the moon. Pretty bright. Oh, Jupiter and then to the left, Saturn's up tonight. So I've got the little Go Skywatch app. You can check out the stars. So there you go. So a weather update, of course, is... Uh, like I said, it was 95. Yeah, what do we have here? 95, 30% humidity. It says it feels like 97, but uh, it's not too bad out. Dew point is 58, did I say? Let's see. 59, I guess I would say. 59 on the dew point. So, uh, Bud, he uh, needs to get out for a walk. So, it's Friday. Made a few calls on uh, this week. Hopefully uh, get some interviews coming up. And uh, tried calling a friend in Las Vegas. No answer. So at 9 o'clock at night. Vegas has very similar weather as Phoenix. So it's a little bit cooler there. But uh, pretty much very similar. Desert, dry. Um, yeah, so got a colleague up there I was trying to reach and no answer. I'm walking the bud. So why not do a podcast, right? And uh, was it August 9th? So I got about three or four more weeks. A pretty intense heat, but uh, yeah, kind of quiet out here tonight. Air conditioners are all humming, and uh, here we are. So Friday nights, yeah, um, what can I say? Pretty good day. One day at a time, right? Takeaway. Uh, one, one day time. I don't have a job, man. It really, it's kind of weird, man. But uh, no job. And uh, yeah, you, you kind of look inside yourself and you feel crappy, you know. But I just got to get out there and keep working it. I don't know. It's just, I don't like it. It's just searching for jobs, man. So I'm not quite living. I'm not living large, man. But. Uh, so it is. So, um, what do we say? What do we do? Some cars coming in the neighborhood. And, uh, and that's that. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I've been thinking about this 
um, writing thing, the, the big aha moment today. And it was pretty big, actually. So it's, uh, so I got some feedback on my concept of reading. And uh, this lady's pretty sharp, you know. So I'm learning to not hold things so tightly, you know. And uh, so this woman recognized, she goes, hey, that, that seems like the uh, practices of Ignatius. <laughs> so my reading plan. So this is, this is actually quite good. So this podcast is now officially warmed up. So here's the subject. The um, Ignatius. So I, I had this reading plan and this, this practices, so to speak, right? And, uh, and it lines up pretty good with this Ignatius guy. I'd never heard of him before. It's a Spanish uh, Roman Catholic guy from the like 15, late 1400s, 1500s. So he's right around the Reformation time, Roman Catholic in Spain. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he had, he lived at the same time as Martin Luther. But I think he stayed out of most of the crap. I don't know, I'll have to do some research on him. But he's credited with this um, spiritual exercises. And um, it's, it's kind of interesting, it's like a 30-day thing. He started talking about this in the 1500s. And there's a lot of parallels to uh, my thoughts. Um, he seems to like the stories about Jesus and his, uh, the Gospels, of course, and what Jesus said to people. And my thing is more, okay, it's after that. It's, it's after what uh, Jesus did. So I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of studying all the things he said beforehand because... We know that the guys didn't get it anyways. The guys, even the 12 disciples, didn't really understand what it was all about. And I think there's kind of a general belief that they did. You know, like, oh, the 12 disciples. And it's definitely, definitely an art. You know, they, make their, they do the Lord's Supper. But I guess I, I would be reading into it if I said that the painter um, thought that these 12 disciples were saints. But, you know, I'm sure that there's probably some believes that there are like these 12 or so special. I kind of just think that uh, they were important guys that Jesus chose to be with them and they witnessed what was going on. That was, that was about it, man. <laughs> so I prefer to focus in on, okay, what happens next, you know? Because isn't that what we all need to do? So this is for the listener. You know, you got a lot of things going on in your life, you know, a lot of things. And uh, we can learn from the past. We can learn from other people, right? But but really, what happens next? What's happening next? That's for me, too. It's like, I, don't, I, got, I got about six things possibly that could turn up. Uh, there could be a seven or eighth. I don't know what's going to turn up. But I have to remind myself, like, I have value to add. Where, where can I add value? Where can I contribute? So we'll see where that comes out. And um, yeah, yeah. So so for the listener, yeah, you, you, what's happening next? You don't know. You're listening to this podcast. I don't know what you're 
motivations is maybe just check in with this crazy podcast guy walking his dog and hopefully get some nugget of value out of it. And uh, yeah, so I'm thinking about what happens next. So today's act story was amazing. It's there. I, I, there's words I called suddenly, like um, I pulled those out a couple days ago where guys were in prison and suddenly an angel appeared or suddenly God did something, right? So uh, where we part, this is part three. I, I thought we were having like a part three story, but it's actually more than part three. <laughs> it looks like it's going to keep going, you know? So you, this is, this is a case where Luke's like writing and the guys threw these chapters in there and it's like, wait a minute, you're ending this chapter right in the middle of the story. It keeps, it continues in the next chapter. So today it was part three and I thought we were done with part three. That makes sense. But we're going to have a part four tomorrow. That's what's next. Oh yeah. That's what you want to listen to. A podcast where the guy yawns. Yeah. High quality. So um, today, uh, the guys, I, I, I referred to this a couple of days ago when we don't have opposition. I mean, we think we might have opposition or we have fear, but there's nobody out to get us. And I was, I was referencing like Paul was going to Jerusalem and he's about to get um, arrested and thrown in prison. And uh, there's a point in the story where the 40 guys said, all right, we're going to go after, we're going to, we're going to kill him. We're not eating, we're not going to eat or drink until we kill Paul. So that's how serious they are. And so uh, that little scheming thing somehow was miraculously overheard by Paul's nephew, which is the son of his sister, it says. So he over, he overhears this, uh, this plot uh, to kill Paul. And oh, there was another fun observation I made today too, is that uh, just before this, so Paul's getting, he's arguing with these uh, these leaders, these Christian, well, not, no, the Jewish guys, the Pharisees and the Sadducees have this council. And I really don't understand how that all worked, but there were Sadducees and Pharisees. And the Pharisees actually believed that there is an afterlife, there's a resurrection, that there's angels and there's all these spiritual factors. So that's Pharisees. Paul was a Pharisee. Saul, he was Saul in that. So he's talking about his story and how God intervened in his life. And and uh, this time he refers to like how, how bad he was. Like even he was standing at the uh, stoning of Stephen. So it's like, almost, it's like these Jewish guys always get pissed off when uh, someone reminds them either that Jesus was killed or now St- Stephen was killed. So as soon as Paul says, like, yeah, I was there, I was, uh, I was uh, standing with everybody else, supporting the uh, killing of Stephen. So the Jews get all riled up at this point. They're like, away with this guy, away with him, just because he reminds them of their uh, stoning of Stephen. But um, So then Paul sees he's in trouble. He's like, well, these guys are all fired up. And then he notices, wait a minute, we got a group of Pharisees and a group of Sadducees. So he cleverly uh, starts talking about the resurrection and this. And so then it's pretty amazing. It's like, 
the Pharisees are like, oh, wait, oh, is that what you believe, Paul? Oh, well, that's cool. I don't see anything wrong with what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, it's about that blatant. In this, I mean, you read it and it's, it's about that simple. So this whole group, so now Paul kind of cleverly placed a wedge and divided his opposition. And uh, so now the Pharisees are like, nah, let him go. He's fine. He's cool. Paul's cool. But the Sadducees were pissed. Anyway, so then he gets away. They're, they're fighting, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He basically created a fight between those two guys, those two groups. And the Roman guy gets Paul back away from him. And he's about to beat, you know, the Roman guys, let's beat the crap out of Paul and find out what's going on here. And then Paul says, well, wait a minute, you don't, don't beat me. I'm a Roman citizen. And the guy's like, ah, oh, really? What? And this commander turns out, he's like, well, I had to pay a lot of money to become a citizen, <laughs> which, I, which I think is hilarious. So all these social justice Christians, they, you know, they could, they could be biblical about it and say all these people that want to come in from uh, through Mexico into the U.S., they could, as long as they pay for citizenship, what the hell, but they don't pay. And another way of them paying for citizenship would be just don't give them any freebies, you know? Anyways, a little political, political uh, spin there. But yeah, so this uh, Roman commander dude had to buy his way in. He had to buy a citizenship, you know? So maybe the Romans had something figured out. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, and then, and then, uh, what is it, how does it end? Oh, yeah. So the guys find out about the 40 guys um, not eating or drinking until they kill Paul. So the nephew tells Paul. Paul says, go talk to the commander. The commander says, okay, this is not good. So he sends Paul off to Felix, the governor, that night to get him away from these 40 guys that are trying to kill him. So that was the reading today. And the message is that God is able to intervene. So part of walking in the Spirit is trusting God and, it's, and I know I've heard this for 40 years, right? It's like, I've heard this stuff. Trust God. Trust that he's going to intervene. And it's not easy to do. There's distractions and everything else. So I'm getting near the uh, later portion of, portion of my life. So I'm starting to think about it and observe it more. And it's, it's a better way to live is to just trust that God's going to be able to intervene. It makes me more thankful. Have an attitude of gratitude for stuff, for everything. And when a job opportunity comes in the next couple of weeks, I'll be great. I'll have gratitude for it. And it'll be a suddenly. It's going to be all of a sudden. Kind of like sitting in and being interviewed. And the, my uh, former boss says, do you want the job? Yes, I want the job. <laughs> Come on, bud. So that's going to happen again. And I really don't want this to keep happening. I'm tired of these things. But, you know, it's the Lord's will. We'll see what happens. I'm not proud of it. I don't, I, I'm not proud of my resume. Like, ooh, this is a great, great resume. 
So we got some uh, sprinklers going off here. It's nice. Cools it down a little bit. How about you liking that? So a little water, water in the grass. There's not much grass out here. A lot of it's artificial, but this is the real deal out here in the street. So they're getting soaked with water. And we'll see how the grass grows. It's been doing pretty good. And we've been living out here for 12 years or so. It's, uh, I do like it. It's nice and quiet. There is a freeway coming in. And uh, it's supposed to be done by the end of December. End of the year. So that's, like I said, December 31st. And then, actually it's kind of funny because this one job that came up this week, um, their office is... Um, they have a new building, new office, because this this particular freeway was coming in on 59th Avenue called. So they they were getting booted out of their spot because the, this new freeway is going in. And uh, currently, the way I would have to go around the mountain, it would take probably 55 minutes to get there. But because this freeway is coming around the west side of the mountain... It'll probably be about 15 miles away, and I probably could do it in like 20 to 25 minutes, so it would be like 30 minutes less travel. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. So that's pretty cool. So that's happening. So maybe that's the suddenly thing that's happening. And uh, yeah, I've been doing some research on the company, and uh, Maybe I get better at researching companies now. <laughs> Two of them were like basically phony companies. This one's potentially phony too. And I'll tell you why. Um, so I guess I can think of, I might be too smart. This is where I have to be careful. So if you're my one listener, this is a good example of something that I might go wrong on. But uh, here's the deal. So it's a what they call investment casting. So uh, casting is a process that you can manufacture complex metal shapes. And so they've been, they've been doing that for a thousand years, I think. This probably goes back into BC. But, you know, the guys are real good at it now. And uh, also different material types are important, like titanium is a really lightweight metal you've probably all heard of titanium it has special properties and then there's another types of alloys so all these metallurgists come up with these fancy metals and in aerospace it's really important because the turbine blades you want to run an engine as hot as possible so these spinning blades um, are exposed to 2000 degrees fahrenheit a little hotter than your oven we just baked a uh, pizza and we bake something else tonight it's about 375 so yeah we're talking 2000 degrees <laughs> a little hotter than your oven so um so that metal needs to stay solid keep its shape it's got to have some properties for rotation at about eight or nine thousand rpm and uh, it's got to do what it's supposed to do. And, uh, yeah, the yawning metallurgy discussion. There you go.
Hey, bud, are we heading back now? Or what? Come on, bud. So, um, investment casting has been kind of perfected over the years. And now there's a, there's a cool thing called 3D printing, which they're all trying to figure out. And the nice thing about 3D printing is you can, you can, um, a little cleaner process. So obviously it's high tech. You can do some fancy stuff with it that you probably can't do in investment casting. But I don't know how that's going to play out. So this little company has like 80 employees. And the history of it turns out is it's owned by the Ping Golf Clubs company. So it turns out this Norwegian guy, uh, he's actually born in Bergen, Norway, which is on the west coast of Norway, in 1911. Came to Seattle when he was two, grew up there, did some engineering work, did a mechanical engineering degree, I believe, in California. Um, got into General Electric, of all things, yeah, electric power. And uh, had a job there, but he was like 40-some years old. And his name is Karsten Solheim. And uh, started Karsten Manufacturing. He wanted to build a putter. He was golfing with General Electric in his 40s and thought, you know, I, I can probably make a better putter. So he ended up making a special putter in his kitchen. So that's how the, the Ping Golf Club started. It was Karsten Manufacturing named after Karsten Solheim, the Norwegian. So Ping, Ping, yeah. You know, next time... You're uh, the podcast listeners watching to a Sunday afternoon, a golf tournament. There's a good chance some golfer is going to be walking around with a hat that says paying on it. So it turns out there's only, uh, I guess, four or five big golf club manufacturers in the world. And Ping is one of them. And uh, there's another one in Phoenix, so that's kind of funny. It's uh, the guy that started GoDaddy, the Internet. Um, fame. He's, he made a billion or two billion dollars, a huge amount of money. But he, he loves golf and he's like 60 some years old now and he, uh, he started a company called PXG, which is Parsons. His last name is Parsons. And then X is Extreme Golf. So his clubs are pretty expensive. So I just watched a video on him and uh, he's a gregarious guy as well. And he um, talks about how he, was, he spent like $350,000 on clubs. Like he just went crazy just buying every new club he could find. GoDaddy's an Arizona company. So he, he had been living here a long time. And Ping, of course, is famous. And... Um, you know, he was spending money left and right and probably asking a lot of questions of Ping. And um, eventually he met a, their head engineer at Ping and probably had a private conversation with him. And this is how the video goes and said, hey, you know, how come you guys aren't being as innovative as possible? And he's like, well, it's a business and, you know, there's there's uh, market segments and we have to control the dollars and price points and stuff like that and 
Parsons says, well, like, what if, what if you had no limitations, no limits on cost, no limits on um, time? You know, what, do you think you could really go way out there and make a better golf club? And um, the engineer at Pang, who had been there for a long time, and that's a family-run business as well, um, he was like, yeah, I think I could do some pretty amazing things with a huge budget and, and not having so many limitations. So after a couple months, the, uh, the, the head engineer at Ping, Carson's Manufacturing, he uh, formed this company, mostly the money probably from, I'm sure the money came from Parsons. But uh, this engineer was like, well, I'll go for that. I'll go for that. <laughs> go for unlimited research and budget. So that's how PXG golf clubs came about. PXG. So this is what I do, your podcast host. Sometimes I research crap. So my issue is, you know, they're looking for an aerospace business development sales guy for investment castings that they have. So they have a new factory because they got moved this is ping now and uh i have no opinion i, I kind of like the ping i don't pxg sounds interesting and they're probably smart and it looks like they're doing some good stuff they've been around for about three or four years now and i've seen some videos on uh, youtube where the guys professional golfers or experts in the craft of cast iron clubs and things they have a lot of good things to say about PXG. And it's just industry-wise, they're like twice as expensive as Ping or Callaway clubs. So, and then there's a whole other manufacturing process for golf clubs too called forged um, clubs. So you either get forged clubs or cast. PXG is using cast as well. And... Uh, Ping is cast, but um, Callaway has a lot of forged. And then there's Mizuno, Japanese. You can get a video on their forging. So it's fun to, uh, as an engineer and metallurgy, it gets really complicated metals. And the Mizuno guys, because they forge, they want to differentiate themselves from castings. So they talk about grain flow in the metal and how Mizuno in Japan does this special forging process to get the grain flow all lined up, stuff like that. But then it doesn't matter when all this science, engineering stuff, when it's all said and done, basically you have a golf club and you're gonna hit a ball. So now you put the clubs in the hands of the professionals and let them whack balls around, right? So they're gonna whack balls around. <laughs> <laughs> And there's all these YouTubes. I saw there was actually a really good YouTube video from some guy. I think it's called something Bell Ray or something. It's actually, I think he said Slovenia of all places. It was a beautiful setting, a golf course in the mountains. And he was hitting three different clubs, actually two different pings against the PXG. And he kind of, he liked the PXG, but he admitted it's twice as expensive. So, you know. Price points, marketing. I know operationally you got to make money on these things, so you set your margins and price competitive and all that. So um, 
Yeah, so PXGs is good. But uh, Ping's got a nice long history and a nice Norwegian story and Phoenix story. And Parsons is a go-daddy, a hustler. Which, I mean, I think he, he made billions in um, GoDaddy in the golf market. Callaway is the largest with a 1.4 billion in sales. So I guess eventually, if he's, he could maybe hit Callaway. Ping's only does, does 300 million in revenue, which is pretty good for 700 employees. So it's almost, almost $400,000 per employee. But it gets complicated when you get um, uh, manufacturing and overseas operations and procurement and buying stuff. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a real clean measure. But the 300 million for paying is important to me because they own this casting company. So um, they're basically a captured business, 80 employees. So, so 10% because they're, they're, they're actually called separate employees. They're probably not employees of paying, but they want to keep the same company brand culture going. So I have a feeling they have the ping culture they're not a totally separate company and they're so intertwined since they own own them and uh, then they uh, need casting so they, they want to improve their castings and make sure their golf clubs are perfect and great so they they probably got that dialed in on the golf clubs I mean that's they exist to make ping golf clubs, but they have expertise and capacity to do other things. So they're kind of going like, well, we got this new building. We got booted out of our 59th Avenue one, and now we're over at 51st Avenue in a nice big building that the state of Arizona helped fund because they confiscated their previous property. So that was a good move. So they got a lot of new, new equipment and it's all set up. And now they're asking someone to go find them a aerospace medical or some business development guy that can help grow the business. So that might be me. <laughs> that, that actually might be me, podcast listener. And uh, because I'm kind of a strategic, not kind of, I'm a strategic thinker, right? So aerospace. So to me, in the valley here is my former company, Honeywell. And I have a feeling they're probably casting some parts for them. And it's a feel-good story probably 20 years ago when, when engineers at Honeywell could decide, like, yeah, I want to have Karsten Manufacturing um, cast this part for this engine. So they probably have some parts on some engines already. And they don't. They probably haven't gone out and sold much. And to get the really high dollar important engine castings, they can't really compete because there's these mega companies that are focused 100% on aerospace engine parts castings. So they do GE Pratt, they do uh, Rolls-Royce, they do the, the castings on that. 
So, um, the, you know, they have to be pretty realistic about what they're going after because they're, they're probably not going to get uh, the high-valued castings in the engine. But maybe there's a lot of other castings they can get. And my brain is on the new stuff, which is this additive manufacturing 3D printing. And uh, I'm starting to do a little research on golf clubs. I think there's some people looking at 3D printing on golf clubs because it's like you might as well. It's a fast process. It's not as intensive as forging or, or um, investment casting. So you can build clubs from computer models, and uh, it's magic. So there's probably some, some uh, future golf clubs in the 3D printing world. And I know Dr. Dr. Suren Wiener, who's a German guy who works at Honeywell, and he heads up the Honeywell 3D printing research and development. So they're uh, right here in Phoenix and they're doing some advanced technology because the FAA is not going to just allow you to slap in some 3D printed parts into an aircraft engine and, and, and sign off like this is a great thing without really knowing if the same properties are there as you get out of castings or whatnot. For all I know, the properties might be better or you can make them better. So we'll see. So that's what's going on in the, uh, this week, this week in job search. That's kind of cool stuff. Now, how do I influence that? Can I influence getting that job? Well, I'm trying to, I'm doing the right, I'm doing what I think is the right thing. I'm talking nicely to the recruiter in Texas. So the Ping family has gone to this, this company in Texas to um, find awesome employees like me. They found, actually, they didn't find me. I applied for it. <laughs> but they can claim that they found me because I'm awesome and they're awesome, right? So it's an awesome, awesome situation. Hey, there's something new. We all know about a win-win situation. How about a, an awesome, awesome situation? So I'm awesome, they're awesome, and so we're just working through the uh, process here. So um, we'll see. We'll see if there's anything there. I don't know. You know, this is one of those cases where the company is like, well, we want someone, we want them, this is what we're looking for, blah, 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 the, the persona of the hire. So who fits it? And I don't want to shoehorn myself into being somebody I'm not. Of course, I have to learn how to be a little bit more bland so they think I fit perfectly. And no one fits these things perfectly, right? So maybe I can be a unicorn, as they say. Yeah, a unicorn. We're all unicorns, people. We all have unique abilities. It's just finding that fit, that right spot. 
And so it goes. It takes it could take years. And here we are. So a couple minutes from home. We're walking it in. So keeping the listener in mind, I'm starting to do that a little bit more. So you're awesome, listener. And you got gifts. And you gotta find those awesome, awesome relationships. It's better than win-win, right? So it's awesome, awesome. So what else can I say? Bud's hanging in there. I'm actually sweating a little bit because it is 95 and it is 30% humidity. And it's just kind of dripping the sweat a little bit here. But it is dark. It is nighttime. And I did work out today. I did some lifting, which is good. And uh, yeah, it's August 9th. Hey, bud. And I wasn't planning on this podcast, but hopefully you're blessed by it. It probably won't be a very long one. And uh, maybe I'll just call this baby the ping. The ping podcast. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do that because I don't know. <laughs> the likelihood of someone finding it is pretty pretty slim. I wonder if someone just Googles ping if this podcast would show up. So I, I'll just do it. Investment casting. I think I'll just do call it that. Investment casting, which could be dangerous too. The, for the search engines, SEO, man, all that internet stuff. Someone stumbles on this podcast because it says investment casting in the title. Wow. I got to listen to that podcast on investment castings on Anchor FM. What is it? Oh, it's on, what's the platform? Oh, the platform is uh, Buddy's Owner. I'm Buddy's Owner. And it's Arizona schnoodle walks. And uh, here we are. Yeah. And uh, good movie, I would say, back to Adam Sandler. Bring it full circle as we walk into the house. Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, Netflix. Murder mystery. Pretty funny. And uh, has a little bit of European flavor to it. And some nice airplane scenes in the airplane. So that's all good. And uh, highly recommend it for one hour and 30 minutes of, of fun. Nice little 90-minute whodunit. Some slapstick humor, some car race humor. And there you go. All right, so, um, of course, I don't know when the next podcast is going to be because I just don't know. But I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we'll just keep moving along in life one day at a time. Walking in the spirit. And there we are. Air conditioners are humming. Keeping it 78. Keeping it 78. Inside the house, right, bud? So there we are. We're going to go in. 
So everyone have a wonderful weekend. Maybe it's Saturday morning, you're having a cup of coffee, enjoying a little podcast, some dulcet tones. And there you go. Bud just got himself a little bug, an insect, floating around. All right, everybody. Y'all have a great, great uh, weekend. Grace and peace. And I'm going to come over here and shut this baby down. Oh, 40 minutes. All right. You've been blessed. Bye-bye.